Hello, teammates. I cannot believe we have concluded season one of the Journeys Through Leadership podcast. I hope you have enjoyed hearing and learning from a very small sampling of the talented members serving in the Air National Guard. The first season brought you journeys from a wide range of airmen at different stages in their career, which further validates my introductory statement that leadership is a journey. It has no end, but it starts somewhere. And it was my distinct pleasure to help bring those journeys to life. You've heard about leadership, about expectations, volunteerism. You've witnessed firsthand the strength, resiliency, and dedication of our members from their experiences. But more importantly, the one common theme through all 12 episodes was about the people. Our guests display compassion and a deep obsession when speaking about taking care of people. The members who serve make the Air National Guard who we are, and we, the leaders, are entrusted to ensure they have what is required for growth and success. Whether spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, or professionally, we, the leaders, must put them first. We do this by listening, learning, then leading. There are a lot of folks to thank for the success of season one. First, to my leadership, Major General Raymond Shields and Major General Timothy Labarge, for the trust in allowing me the flexibility to be a chief. To the command team at each New York Air National Guard wing and the Eastern Air Defense Sector, for welcoming me into your organizations and supporting your members' participation in this initiative. To the talented and professional 109th Airlift Wing Public Affairs Team, Willie Gazzara, Jackie Lyons, Jamie Spaulding, and Madison Daquilente. There is no JTL podcast without this group. I cannot forget to send a special thank you to my audience for listening, learning, but more importantly, providing me honest feedback. Finally, to our guests from season one, for your willingness to share your stories so that others may learn and benefit. Thank you, Colonel Rob Donaldson, for your vulnerability in sharing your humble beginnings. So for those that don't know anything about my background, I did a lot of horseback riding when I was a kid. I actually uh, showed uh, for uh, in the Quarter Horse Association. So I, I travel around the country uh, riding Western and being graded and evaluated. So I did that for a long, a long time. I did that with my dad. And on my mom's side, she didn't have a lot of money. We came from very simple means. I remember at one point, and this just goes to my background about who I am, we lived in, a, in an RV in the back of someone's field, believe it or not, because we didn't have a house. Um, so I lived there for a while. Uh, so very different perspectives in life of where I've come from and uh, grew up. And I'm, I was glad I had those influences because both sides of the family cared for me and supported me uh, throughout that process. And here I am uh, today. Glad to have made the military uh, a big portion of my life. Major General Timothy Labarge, for sharing your decision-making philosophy and always being fair, consistent, defendable, repeatable, grounded in regulations. And one of the ways that I, that I kind of encourage people is a construct to making their decisions, and we've talked about this one before. You know, I, I make decisions that are fair, consistent, repeatable, defendable, and grounded in a regulation. Hmm. So when I say fair, I want my leaders to follow the leadership mandate, which is to promote good order and discipline, to promote positive morale, 
to increase workplace efficiency, and to remediate poor behavior when it occurs. That's the leadership mandate, and when and if it occurs. So how do we do that? All else being equal, if everything else is equal, then we should treat people fairly, which is treat people the same regardless of their affiliation or their, their categories or whether they're actual or contrived, whatever they happen to be, just treat people fairly mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. Consistent means that the, all else being equal, the decision that I give you today is the same one that I give you yesterday on this particular topic. Mm-hmm. Repeatable means the decision that I give you today is the same one that I'm going to give you tomorrow mm-hmm. if all else is being equal. Mm-hmm. Defendable allows you to explain the why. It allows you, and it should be grounded in some type of regulation, policy, precedent, or protocol. Because then you can go and say, based on this right here, and based on this precedent, this policy, this protocol, this is why we're ruling the way we are. Mm -hmm. And that gives you the basis to start forming a decision. From there, it's an art form about going left or right. Do we make an accommodation for an individual or for an organization after we come out of that fair, consistent, repeatable, defendable policy thing? And the answer is, absolutely. That's the art form of leadership. Don't be afraid to. But if you do make an accommodation, you just got to make sure that you can repeat it again the next time because then you'll be consistent. And that's going to drive high morale and it's going to increase your efficiency. So um, we're not cell phone apps. Hmm. We don't make decisions based on cell phone apps. There is a very definite art form to this thing. But that fair, consistent, repeatable, defendable kind of gives you the basis to start your decision from. First Sergeant Renee Turner for being a trailblazer. So even though I did take uh, take a lot of different routes and take the straightest path, um, know your why. That way you can stay motivated. Definitely know your why. And stay true to yourself. Don't try to be what you think they want you to be. Mm-hmm. There have been many times where I've had conversations throughout my career where I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. And and Mm -hmm. sometimes I might need a bigger explanation to see the bigger picture. And then, okay, maybe I'll change my mind. But I've always been true to myself Mm -hmm. um, and my beliefs. And I don't think that you should have to change that. Senior Enlisted Advisor, Tony Whitehead, for your leadership message from the top. So, the three that I came up with, educate, part, and execute, it came from just over the years of being in the armed forces and in the guard in particular, you know, you watch how careers develop for people. And then you understand through conversations that a lot of it came from relationships that have been built over the years. And so you were looking for this codified process of, hey, how did you become who you are? Um, what made you decide to take this course or take that class or decide to go in this direction with your career? And what you found that there was a lot of varied answers. And while you can never just put down a, you know, a placemat for everyone to follow, what you can do is you can educate the masses on everything that's available to them. And I think that's extremely important. If I can educate everyone or at least find the resources that are available for all of our enlisted airmen and soldiers to know what's available to them wherever they are in their career, I think it's important. And so when you educate people, they feel very confident, they feel empowered, they feel like they have something to bring to the table. And, you know, you talk about lethality. Lethality doesn't happen until you understand what your roles, your responsibilities are, and where you play into the fight, uh, whatever that fight may be. And in this case, it's about, you know, 
growing and nurturing a, an enlisted force for our National Guard. So I think an education is an important piece of that. And it's not just, you know, the civilian education. I think it's professional military education. And then, of course, your uh, technical expertise. Added to that, you know, empowerment. Uh, empowerment is extremely important because, um, you know, once you've, you know, given your your soldiers you know, and, their, and their airmen the opportunities through education, then it's time to see it put into work or put into play. Mm. And you do that by giving them an opportunity to share with you what they know and what they believe and what they've been taught. Uh, when we're doing things like planning exercises, uh, you know, doing force development planning or planning the things that we're going to do for our organization, not just locally, but outside of our respective, you know, unit, it could be with the state or even uh, at a national level. Let them be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, one of the things I think really makes them feel like they're entrusted, empowered, and they build trust and confidence with us is that when we're doing things like that, they're in the room to listen and every now and again to offer comments or even their input that may make a difference in how we move out as an organization or even in a, as an institution. Yeah. So, you know, empowering our folks is one of those things that's extremely important once you've educated them. And then, of course, execution. Um, I truly believe that if you want to create a generation of leaders that aren't afraid to take risk, you show them by example what it's like. And that means that things that they've learned and not even empowered them because they're part of the plan, let them be part of the execution phase. And when you do, there's just nothing that they can't do after that because, you know, every now and again, they're going to make a mistake. But when you're making those mistakes, that's where the lessons learned come from. That's how you know how to do it better the next time, how to do it right the next time. And when you go through education, empowerment, execution, what you've done is you've set up a cycle of training and mentoring and developing. And that is a great cycle for it to continue to uh, repeat itself over and over again, not just with you as an individual, but with you as a leader, a teacher, and a mentor, and what you will do with your subordinates. First Sergeant Jason Williams, for your boldness in speaking about your diversity journey and helping to create respectful standards. This has definitely been something that I've been having conversations with uh with people about more often than than in the past and and I think it it boils down to having honest conversation honest open dialogue uh amongst each other where people can feel free to actually share how how they feel they can feel like um they can share their experiences um, and then also just a genuine curiosity on how other people are living. You know, how is your your neighbor who doesn't look like you or your wingman who doesn't look like you or come from the same place that you come from? What are their experiences like? Have you ever asked? And um, I, in my own, in my civilian job, we started having these conversations over the last couple of months. And that sparked in me the idea to bring it to the 106 mission support group and we got the um the approval from our commander and we started having what we called uh, diversity and inclusion conversations and we got people together and we kind of set the stage where we were saying you know this is just a conversation this is uh informal but we're creating a space where we want people to be uh comfortable to share their thoughts, share their feelings, share their experiences, and just have a conversation. When it comes from someone who you know, who you have a personal connection with, it it changes things. Yes. So that's why I, I feel like if we did have more conversations, open conversations where people didn't feel like they were going to 
get canceled, <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> right. or what have you, then it could be a mutual, mutually beneficial conversation. Mm. And then also taking that information that we got from, from those, those conversations with each other and taking real action about, uh, you know, on it, mm. taking tangible yes. action on it. Um, rather than it just being uh, lip service, as, as they say, where yeah. you have these conversations, people are like, hmm, that was interesting. And then, you know, not, nothing ever happens, <laughs> happens from it. Yeah. Senior Airman Carly Youngs for carrying on the family legacy and making it your own. And I'm the 11th person in my family, actually, to be in the Air Force. And so that, that history and that, that heritage, um, that your family serving before you actually uh, motivated you to to want to do the same thing and follow in their footsteps. Um, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's awesome. So what has been your, your greatest experience in your, your, your very uh, young career? Actually, I have two that come to mind. Right. Um, one being graduating BMT and my dad being there in uniform and... Uh, he shook my hand and there was a coin in there. So there, there's a picture that I have of him and I, and we're both, you know, trying to keep our composure and we're both have big old crocodile tears in our eyes because it was just a, such a, a moving moment for us both. Tech Sergeant Tim Deckard for your inspirational leadership from the middle. I, I just I advocate for our, all of our airmen and uh, if they're not being spoken for. Then it's, it's hard to get that message, their message to the top and. Being in that council, you get that open door policy with the, the group commander in our, in our wing, or it needs. Be the change. If you're not happy mm-hmm. with your organization, be the change. It starts at, at my level. It starts at the airman level. Find ways to, to, to be the, the person that's going to change your organization. Senior Airman Caleb Lapinell, for your strength and always being comfortable with being uncomfortable. One of the foremost uh, tenets that I was able to uh, keep in mind and allowed me to be successful and be recognized as one of the outstanding students um, was something that I've seen the Air Force as a whole push for uh, more education on recently, and that's emotional intelligence. Uh, so emotional intelligence consists of self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. And I think empathy is, is probably one of the, the bigger um, tenets of emotional intelligence and something that I was able to utilize to be successful down the course. Um, So the majority of people who were at the course um, had prepared mentally and physically. What they hadn't prepared for as much and something that's kind of difficult to prepare for um, was the relationships um, between the soldiers there in a very high stress environment. And being empathetic and understanding other people's point of views in uh, a high stress environment environment with people um, that have very different cultural beliefs than yourself uh, is is huge. I mean, there were a lot of people who came close to fights. Um, and I think that was probably the most difficult part of the of the course was just dealing with those relationships. And uh, it was emotional intelligence in my training from the Air Force on emotional intelligence that uh, really allowed me to be successful there. Master Sergeant Tony Ray, for your extraordinary volunteerism. So over the past six months, we've uh, been fundraising. So a couple years ago, I took on the responsibility of maintaining our wing memorial. We have a memorial stone and memorial grounds to where we can commemorate the people that, that have been in our unit that have died while still serving in the unit, whether it be from illness or, you know, or anything else. And our, unfortunately, our stone is full. So we are to the point now where um, we need an expansion. So I initiated an expansion project 
um, about six months ago. And I started with something simple, just a a t-shirt sale. The thing that blew me away was the outpouring of checks that I got in the mail and donations that I was receiving on a daily basis. And the experience of doing that isn't just a, oh, cool, I got to raise money for a really awesome cause. It's a testament to this unit is a family. Hmm. Whether you're retired, you're currently in, past, present, it's a, it's a huge family. And no matter how much time goes by, everybody is still connected. And it's one of the, the greatest things and most humbling things I've been honored to be a part of. Tech Sergeant Jamie Spaulding, for your creativity and innovation, shaping a better tomorrow. Uh, but I think challenge is um, it's necessary for real creativity. Uh, the absence of constraints is kind of the enemy of creativity because without constraints, mm-hmm. you're kind of given a little too much room to kind of go a little too crazy. And mm-hmm. you might, there's nothing to ground the creativity and nothing to really point it at as far as like stories to tell and messages to convey. So I think it's a challenge. And then on the other side, it's kind of a benefit to the creativity as well. Captain Stephen Palladino, for all you have done, for all you are still doing, and for all you will achieve. In this life, it is my opinion, uh, military on the outside, it doesn't matter what you do, who you are, where you come from. People are your most valuable asset, their life's most valuable asset. And the people that figure that out are the people, in my opinion, that, are, that become successful. Um, we all have something to contribute. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you are, what you do, what your MOS or AFSC, whether you're the guy pumping gas or you're the guy flying airplanes, it, it really makes no difference. Every single person brings something to the table. And I've, I've had the privilege to find out that uh, we're all much more alike than we think. Yes. We just got to give each other the opportunity to get there. So when I see that I can directly impact someone's life, uh, that is the motivation that keeps me going in general. And we closed out again with Major General Timothy Labarge, which was fitting as the sun sets on his 39-year military career. Thank you, sir, for leading with integrity, honor, and purpose. Be quietly confident and outrageously competent. Um, don't be overconfident because sometimes overconfident uh, and brash overconfidence can kind of spook the herd. It can be uh, conflated with arrogance. Uh, but outrageous competence should never spook the herd. It should engender outrageous respect. You should respect people enough to embrace our differences. Diversity is our secret sauce. It's our strength. It's our secret weapon. And not just cultural diversity, but diversity of thought and opinion. And this is where you start growing as a leader to consider those other perspectives, those other cultures, those other organizations, those other ways of governing to say, hmm, that, that, that could work for us. Um, it's, uh, we've got to respect people enough to embrace our differences. Just because you have a different worldview doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Um, and there could be uh, parsing out some very good things from those things. Thank you to all for being a part of something special. You have made this podcast relevant and the journey must continue. Much respect to you all. I've learned just as much as anyone during this first season and look forward to the future conversations with our professional members. I am humbled, honored and excited for season two as we bring you new ambitions and keep exploring our members as they journey through leadership.